Hey friends, I'm Megan Meredith. I've been on an interesting journey the past 10 years. It's been full of plot twists, as I'm sure your own journey has been. One thing I've learned is that people are fascinating and full of stories. We all come from diverse backgrounds and have complicated backstories. We experience the world completely differently and we don't always agree. And that's okay because there is always something we can talk about. Hey friends, I'm glad you're here. Before I introduce my guest, my 12 year old Jax, I want to give you some insights into what it's like to be the mom of a cleft child and what it's like to be a cleft affected kid. Imagine if you will, that you and most of your close friends are all pregnant at the same time with your very first children. Imagine you going to an ultrasound appointment at 20 weeks to find out the gender of that baby that's growing inside of you. And you have no framework for how an ultrasound works or how long they're supposed to take. But yours takes about an hour and a half. And at the end of that appointment, the doctor says that they're about 85% sure that your baby is going to be born with a cleft lip and palate. Now by 85, he meant 99, but he didn't want to say that just yet until you'd seen the 4D ultrasound. So on your way home from the doctor's office, you scramble and look up on the internet what cleft means. And there you find all of the photos from third world countries, from Smile Train and Operation Smile trips. And you're terrified to tell anyone that your baby is going to come out with incomplete facial features. And you quickly learn that the people around you, especially well-meaning Christians, don't know how to grieve with you. They don't know how to sit in the hard spaces. They don't know how to be thankful that your baby is going to be healthy but also quote unquote, not normal. And they all say things like, well, at least it's just cosmetic. Well, perk up. It's not life threatening. Or they even suggest that you need to pray harder before the baby is born. And maybe possibly God will heal your baby in the womb and you can avoid this hard thing that you've been presented with. They suggest to you that you won't be able to tell that he's different. And these are the types of things that seemingly well-meaning people layer on top of grief because they don't want to sit in the hard space with you. They don't know how to grieve with you. This idea of a normal, healthy baby. And so like a lot of Christians are well-versed in doing, they become dismissive and they do their best to dismiss your hard feelings or your grief or your tears, hoping not to have to deal with it with you. And I don't say that 
with a spirit of vindictiveness against these people that said things like this. This is reality when it comes to grief in the world, but especially in Christian circles. Even grief exists in a space of relinquishing the idea of what you thought something was going to be. You can grieve there. You need to grieve there. And so in the second trimester of your pregnancy, you are grieving what you thought pregnancy was going to feel like, what giving birth was supposed to feel like, and what having a baby would be like. And all the while you're surrounded with all of your friends and their ultrasounds and their baby showers. And you do your best to put on a brave face, to attend all the baby showers, to smile at your own, and only grieve privately because by now you've figured out that people don't know how to do that with you. They want you to be happy that you're having a baby. And you're aware that people around you aren't able to get pregnant and you are thrilled to be having this baby, but it doesn't diminish the very traumatic news that you've received that your child is going to need surgeries in the very first year of its life, that your baby probably cannot breastfeed, that your baby is going to need a lot of things that aren't quote unquote normal for children to go through and need. And that's a grief all its own. And yes, it is just cosmetic. And yes, it is not life-threatening, but you will grieve that. And imagine, if you will, that about six weeks, a nurse hands you a kit and teaches you how to tape your child's face together to literally glue strips from one side of his face to the other to stretch the skin so that he can have surgery at about 10 weeks. And at 10 weeks, he does. He has his first surgery, and they close the lip. And imagine throughout that first year, you have about four surgeries, and you change bottles and sippy cups at least 10 times. By the time your child figures out how to drink and suck from one cup, it's time to change. Or he's recovering from surgery and can't suck. He's not allowed to. So each stage of comfort that a newborn should experience, your child is not experiencing because everything is fluid. Everything is ever changing and it's hard to eat. And then he has to learn how to re-eat because he has a lip. And then he has to learn how to re-eat because he has a palate. And imagine that by the time he's 10, he will have had six surgeries. And you will have learned to hand your child to a nurse, to a surgeon, and trust. And you will learn how to do that over and over and over. Now fast forward to about four years ago. We got asked to be ambassadors for Arkansas Children's Hospital, and it is been one of the greatest blessings in our journey because I think for the first time we all as a family, but especially Jax and I learned how to tell our story. We learned how to let people into our story because when you've been dismissed or you've had comments like those made to you, you learn not to tell people things. You learn to not share 
your hard or your grief because people can't handle it. People don't know what to say or worse yet, they say things that are harmful. And so you learn to not let people into that, to move through your own journey without letting people walk alongside you. And so we began to be ambassadors for Arkansas Children's Hospital. And we got to do fun events. So we got to talk on the radio and we got to do toy drives and fundraisers and lots of fun stuff over the past couple years. And it's been a delight to watch Jax learn how to tell his story because the stories that we tell ourselves are important. And then the versions that we let outside of our bodies are what make a difference. And it's been beautiful to watch him tell the story to himself of what it's like to have surgeries, to have your face look different, to have problems that other kids don't have. And yes, it's just cosmetic. And yes, it's not life-threatening. And yes, it could have been worse. But we don't have to diminish or dismiss the very real struggle of what it's like to have a medical thing affect your life. Being unaffected by the hurdles in life doesn't make you strong. I think what makes a person strong is learning to own their own story, to own the hard bits, to own the triumphant bits, and every little twist and turn along the way. We always said that Jax must have been destined for great things to have had life start out so hard. And while maybe at that point that was us reaching for some semblance of control or making sense of this really seemingly unfair thing that was happening to us. But in reality, we all have the choice to turn our story into this beautiful kaleidoscope of grace. Not because the hard things need to mean something or that pain has to have a purpose, but I guarantee that he is going to grow up with such empathy and inclusion in his heart simply because he has learned to be compassionate with himself, to move graciously through the pain and the grief of what's normal. And if that's all he's destined for, that's enough. You know, we had people really close to us tell us that we needed to pray after we found out that he was going to be born with the cleft lip and palate, that we needed to ask God to heal him so that we didn't have to go through this, that we could avoid all of this pain and grief. And obviously God didn't do that. And I'm so glad <laughs> because our family would not be our family if we didn't have this as our story. And Jax wouldn't be Jax. If he didn't have this story, I am grateful for every inch of our journey and it's not over yet. He will continue to have surgeries and hurdles until he's about 18 to 20. But I am so grateful, not only 
for our journey and what we've learned just through trial and error and experience and grief and healing. I'm so grateful that we have learned to advocate for Arkansas Children's Hospital, that we've learned to advocate for other cleft-affected kids and their families because it has helped us learn how to tell our stories and it has helped us learn how to let people into that story. And honestly, that seems to be the point. We're designed and hardwired for connection. And when we don't let people into our story, we isolate the story and it doesn't get the chance to heal us by the telling and it doesn't help heal others by the hearing. So while my 12 year old wanted to come on the show and talk about Marvel movies, we knew that our responsibility was to talk about what it's like to be cleft affected, to share the hard and the happy and to hold the tension between the two, to own that story and to let you guys into that. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation between (laughs) my tween and I, but I also hope that this helps you have conversations with your own kids about the people around them that they might not see quite yet that are different than them and how our differences help us be inclusive and have empathy and make us really, really cool. So here we go. Hey, buddy. Hey. How's it going? Good. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. How old are you? Tell our friends how old you are. 12. Excellent. Almost 13 in a couple months, huh? Mm-hmm. What grade are you in? Seventh. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Good. What do you like about seventh grade? The slushies in the cafeteria? Yes. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> but also there's bigger hallways. Okay. So there's more, there's more, you can maneuver more around other people, mm-hmm. whereas in like Fifth and sixth grade, I had to squeeze through like a million people. Mm-hmm. Spatial skills are yeah. good. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite subject in seventh grade? I think science. Yeah. Maybe math. Okay. Why science? I just like knowing things about the world. Yeah. And maybe help solve problems about it, like climate change. That's a big one lately. Yeah. Or what else? So are you more interested in like technology type science or like biological earth science type Biological stuff? earth yeah. science. Cool. I am, I do like technology, mm-hmm. but it's more biological earth science. Yeah. Cool. I love that. I've always been a big fan of space. You have been. Wanted to be an astronaut since you were little bitty. <laughs> What's the coolest thing you've learned this year? Anything cool? I think... I learned this in one of my technology classes. Nanotech is actually a thing. I thought that was just some, some loot. Like Tony Stark. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that's going to be a long time from now, but not that long ago. I figured you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, you can put it on certain things and it will like say a pan and you're, Mm -hmm. and there's, and you take a bucket of mud and you dump it on it. If one half was nanotech and the other half wasn't, the mud would just slide off the nanotech part. Cool. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So 
we're going to talk about something today. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. So you've got something different about you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. It's called a cleft lip and palette. Okay. It is kind of like, maybe it, it's kind of like having a hole in your mouth. Okay. But that doesn't really make sense because your mouth's already in a hole. <laughs> So true, so true. But it's like, so it's like at the base of your nose, mm -hmm. and it's like where your lip and your palate didn't yeah, fuse they didn't, they didn't together. Connect together. So there was a gap. There was a gap there, and mm -hmm. I could hardly drink milk. Yeah, it would just come back out every time I. And you had something called a unilateral cleft lip and palate, which yeah. means it's just on one side. Some children are born. With a bilateral, which means on both sides of their nasal cavities, it's open all the way back. So, so tell us a little bit about your cleft journey. So you were born that way, right? Yes. And and what now you're almost thirteen. So what's mm -hmm. life been like for the past thirteen years? Stressful. Yeah. Yeah. What feels stressful about it? Just the life. Just the, all the surgeries mm -hmm. and so many people are getting in my mouth. I feel like it's like every month. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten used to it, but it's still, some of the tools they use in your mouth, I am not used to. Mm-hmm. Like the one they used on my last checkup, they had to grind some, I had braces. And so we were um, taking off some brackets and putting some back on. And they had like this little motor. <laughs> it was like, it was spinning really fast and it would grind off the glue. Mm -hmm. And it felt so weird. Yeah. I did not like it. I, <laughs> I just, no, I know. No. I know. <laughs> so you're used to it, but that doesn't make it fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how many surgeries have you had? Do you remember? I think around six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think. Yep. I can't remember. Some have been small. Some have been pretty major. Yeah. Your bone graft being yeah, the most was... recent and the most major. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the only one that you remember, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So tell me what that was like knowing, knowing that you'd had a bunch when you were little, but you don't remember those. And then kind of going into this most recent one, you were 10. And yeah. mm -hmm. so what was that kind of like going into a major surgery <sighs> at 10? That was, I can't remember the exact feelings I felt, uh -huh. but I think most of them was like some elements of fear. Okay. Obviously, because it's a giant, giant surgery and yeah. I'm only 10 years old. Right. And I'm going to explain a little bit what it was. Yeah, please do. To people that don't know. So, um, a bone graft, they... So they like take a bone, well, they took a bone from my hip. I don't know if there's other places they do it, but they took a piece of bone from my hip and then they put it up in my nose because there was a there, like somewhere in my nose or something like that. They had to put a, they had to put a bone there. And so like, yeah, so they put a bone up there. And I had to stay in the hospital for about, I don't know. It's a couple of days. Couple, well, like, 
a week. No. <laughs> Maybe like five. I think two. We were there like a total of three days, I think. And like, I couldn't even eat actual food. You, yeah. you had to blend up most of my food. And they were mostly several chocolate, banana, yeah. peanut butter, blueberries, smoothies. <laughs> I know they had chocolate. Yeah. Maybe some blueberries. <clears throat> but yeah. So then that bone starts to grow there. Yeah, it starts to grow there, and then it, I'm guessing it starts to connect with the other bone. Mm-hmm. It connects with your gum line. And yeah. so, like, I never, it's like I was never missing a part of the mm-hmm. bone. But obviously I am because I still have a scar on my hip. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a very good explanation. I mean, it's probably like a small piece. Mm-hmm. It's not like a chunk. No. It's like a, like a, I don't know. Divot. Yeah, a divot. <laughs> a divot. Yeah. Totally a divot. Yeah. Of your hip bone. Yeah. What's it called? Your hip bone. Your hip bone. Really? Does she sort of tell us? So a cleft lip and palate occurs, the statistics says like one in 700 people. Yeah. Has a cleft lip and palate mm. of some variety. Yeah. Does that, what does that feel like to you when you hear one in 700? Does that make you feel like... That's rare, or does it make you feel like that's a lot? Or I mean, I feel it makes me feel like it's rare. Okay, and it also makes me feel kind of alone. Does it? Say more words about one that. in seven hundred. Yeah, that's, that's that's a pretty big number. Mm-hmm. If you do the math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So we're connected with a lot of cleft families through Arkansas Children's Hospital and uh-huh. even just from being an ambassador, which we'll yeah. get to in a little bit. Yeah. You've met some other people that are cleft affected kids. Yes. But if we weren't doing that, do you feel like you would be the only cleft affected person that you know? No. You know well, other people? No, I'm not saying I know other people, oh. but I know there were other people like you would, out there. Yes. But I don't know them. Right. But if you didn't know them personally, would that even more contribute to feeling alone? Yes. Yeah. It would. Does it make you feel less alone that you actually know other people? Yes. It doesn't make me feel less alone to know that there are other people that have gone through this. Yeah. Do you remember the day? This is just like a little quick personal story. Do you remember the day we were getting your hair cut and I think her name is Maddie was cutting your hair. Oh yeah. And she was a bilateral cleft affected person and she was yeah. in her twenties and cutting hair now. And so she talked to you the whole time she was cutting your hair about all the surgeries and her having to wear like uh, headgear and stuff. Yeah. Like that was really important to me. That was a really big day for me. Did you feel any feelings that day or were you just kind of like going through the motion, watching the TV, getting your hair cut? Do you remember that day? Yes, I do yeah. remember that. I think it's both of your, both of the questions. <laughs> I was partly interested in watching uh-huh. whatever movie was on. I can't remember which one it was. No, it's okay. The feelings I felt was probably, I felt, I don't know, in Packed it. That's a good word. To know that, um, not just kids have gone through this, but like a 20 year old female has had headgear. And I didn't even, I didn't even think about the headgear part. Like, yeah, aren't you glad you didn't have to have headgear? Yes. <laughs> I didn't want headgear. 
Yeah. Oh. But it's kind of cool to see somebody that's like on the other side of it. Yeah. She's all done. Yeah. She's all done. She has a great life. Yeah. I wanted to. Well, obviously I didn't ask for this, but I wanted to know what it was like being on the other side of it. Yeah. Not originally. Apparently you have a great life. Yeah. Sure. Well, maybe we need to get back together with Maddie and ask her some questions. So what do you think the hardest thing so far has been about having a, a cleft? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, right now it's braces. It's like, yeah, it's just braces obviously. for a long time. And we talked about that yesterday. Not no, we're not really knowing when they're coming off yeah. or what. But is there anything else that's been like really hard? Do you feel different at school? Do people treat you differently or no? Okay. Because most of my friends have either had braces or having braces or are going to get braces. Okay. So that's good. But, to know. I mean, people don't even necessarily notice your scar, do they? No, not really. Okay. Because it's. Because our children did such a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe just that interruption of life when you have to have surgery. Yeah, that's the hardest maybe back in. Probably, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then having endless braces. Yes. Okay. I don't like it. What do you feel like there's a, a good part about it? Has any any good come out of it yet for you? No. That you can see. I don't really want to sound negative, but no. Not really. That's okay. I like the honesty. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you are an ambassador for Arkansas Children's Hospital. Yes. Yeah. We've been doing that for four years, I think. I think so. As long as I've had braces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been had had braces for four still. Yeah. Yeah. So what what's that been like for you? It has been cool. Yeah. The, That's the stuff, stuff that we do. Yeah. Yes. Talked on the radio. We've talked in person. I got to meet Kurt Hurst. Yes. I got a football signed by him. That yes, was nice. he did. That was really nice. So we've gotten to do some cool stuff. Yes. Do you feel like that helped you at all kind of put your story into words or I help really- you think through it at all? Kind of. Okay. I'm guessing, yeah. Plus it introduced us to other people that have... Not just clutch right. problems. But so other Other problems in general. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's been pretty cool too, just to see like how strong other people are. Yeah. That are, you know, kind of working their way through life-altering. Not that a cleft isn't life-altering. It has definitely altered your life in some ways, yes. but it's not... It's not fatal in any way. No. Some of these kids are dealing with cancer. Some of them are dealing with tumors or paralysis. Problems. Yeah. Like, things like yeah. that. So they're like maybe more severe than what I have. Your issues are, but yeah. they're just seem like the resilience has been cool meeting their families and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've seen you grow a lot in the past four years just mm-hmm. knowing that it was hard to talk about it before, yeah. before then. It was hard to talk about having a cleft it was very emotional for the both of us yes. and just kind of learning to tell our story and let people into that story kind of let them see what life is like mm-hmm. has been cool to watch you 
grow in that way. I remember one event where we where we had to um, talk in front of a crowd mm-hmm. um, at the new one in Springdale. Yeah. I the, really the only part I remember is you crying. We both cried. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, I just remember you. I just remember you struggling through the the conversation and. Yeah. I don't even think people asked you questions. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if they did or not. Because I was like... Nine, ten, five. No. <laughs> Obviously not five. Nine, ten, or five. <laughs> eight, or, eight yeah. nine, or ten. You were young, yeah. And I remember holding my toothless. You did have toothless. You actually shared a little bit. You started that. Yeah, I did start that. So, yeah. Yeah. It was for a group of Walmart and Sam's executives, I yeah. think. They were there to take a tour of the new facility. That was a cool and thing. We, and we were a part of the introduction or ending. I can't remember. It was the introduction. Yeah, yeah, it was the introduction to the new place. And that was one of the very first times you had like spoken in public. So yeah. I was super proud of you. Yeah, that was a big day. So do you think when you look forward to like your life, not that you have it all planned out, but... Oh, do you do you think that having a cleft will hinder you or keep you from having like your dreams? I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I can't. The only problem is I can't have popcorn. So that that's <laughs> popcorn is going to be his oh. downfall. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I don't think it's gonna interrupt or hinder my future life because like after like Maddie like after yeah. probably the age of 20 I'll be done with everything right and so I don't think there's going to be any further problems after that right so yeah, yeah. I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna hold you back no I love that on the same basis for it <laughs> Don't think we will. Okay. Yay! We're always really worried about that. Yes. Yes. So what do you want your life to look like? Do you know, do you have any ideas about what you want to do or problems you want to solve? No. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to be. Yeah. Because it keeps changing. Every. That's okay. Every, at least every year. Yeah. Because I used to, I used to want to be a police officer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to be an astronaut. And then I want to be a police officer. <laughs> and then I want to be an astronaut. And the latest one is, I think I wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. But also something I learned from school is that in the future, actor, actors aren't even going to be a thing. Really? Because technology will just scan their face. And everything's going to be like every, every movie. They won't even have to use an actor. They'll just use a computer. Crazy. But I mean, it'll take longer. Yeah, but... Everything will just be like animated. Yeah. But it, it'll look so real. So maybe you should go into animation so that you still have a job. Yeah, but I don't like coding. <laughs> I've always hated coding. Let's switch gears a little bit and let's say that you had advice for the families of cleft-affected children. Okay. Do you have any advice about things that you want them to know or how to kind of support that cleft affected child or 
things to have with them in the hospital? Like, what do you have anything? Okay, Pop one for you. Oh, um, this is for like maybe the whole family. Okay, if you're not at ACH, you should go there. <laughs> Shame because <laughs> because it is. All the doctors are really nice. Mm-hmm. They do great, obviously. They actually end faster than I think they will. Because, <laughs> yeah, they're just really good. Yeah. They've taken so, really good care of you, haven't yes. they? Yeah. So if you're not at Arkansas Children's Hospital <laughs> and you're somewhere else, shame on you and we're talking. <laughs> no, no shame. No shame. We don't throw shame on this podcast. But also maybe maybe beyond Arkansas Children's for people that don't live in Arkansas, maybe just a children's hospital. Because each yes. state, I think, has a children's hospital. And so yeah. just knowing the level of care that you've gotten there yeah. and support even from your whole team. Yeah. Yeah, but if you live in Arkansas and then you're somewhere Make else, your way there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And then some other advice I think would be, I mean, one of my personal experiences is get a stick in the left ear. Well, um, yeah. Say more words. What did that help you with? It helped me with, I think the bone graft. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. like it's like a comfort thing, is that what yeah. you're saying? Like having a to get a comfort thing to know know that after you get something, yeah, not yeah. Or, so just for reference, the backstory to that is when we started going to children's. Anytime that we had a sort of traumatic event, yeah, we would not get, just a normal visit, but a traumatic event. Jack's had like, Jack's had ear infections basically when he was born, and yeah. so we would have to go get his ears suctioned out and other things would be kind of traumatic when we would go have visits with the team. And so we would always stop by the gift shop on the way out and get him, you know, a stuffed animal or something so that each visit was then more correlated. Whatever. Like if you did the comfort item, yeah, then it was about whatever was scary or stressful or whatever. Now that kind of created a beast, you know, that we had way too many stuffed animals. Sure. (laughs) But at the same time, we know, we know which ones came from children's. And so those yeah. are the ones that we've kept because they kind of show how often we were there and yeah. they're, they're, they've turned into fond memories instead yeah. of traumatic ones. ones. Yeah. So, so having and, some sort of comfort. Yeah. And if for the child. And if you don't want to go to the gift shop after, at least bring them bring something bring something you. yeah you don't have to buy them something that's a good idea. so they can bring something oh i didn't yeah. have to buy you something you <laughs> he's giving me the stink eye you guys he always made it very clear that i needed to buy him <laughs> yes 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 you do but he's giving you permission not to have to buy something yeah but having comfort items with you that's a good piece yeah. of advice i haven't gotten a stuff in with over well three years. you're almost 13 so, so, okay. So, do you have any advice for cleft affected kids or other kids that have cranial facial differences from one affected kid to another? Keep calm. Keep calm. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Um, because things change and yes. 
sometimes they change really rapidly, don't they? You've been through yeah. a lot of appointments that it's like we went in and it was normal and within 24 hours, 20 minutes, we're pulling a tooth and we're having surgery in a month. And, you know, like things kind of change. Come out of nowhere. Right. Like, yeah. So keep calm. What helps you keep calm? Um, Like I said, the comfort items. Mm-hmm. I think that's really it. But also another thing. Yeah. This is a science fact. Okay. Not necessarily science, but it's interesting. If they're putting pressure on, like, your mouth or... You're doing great. Deep breathing keeps you calm, then. So I never say, right. If they're putting pressure on, like, your mouth or, like, I don't know, some part of your body, uh-huh. you can ask a, a parent for their hand. Yeah. You can ask for help. Well, yeah, but you could, like, squeeze their hand and, like, redirect the yeah. pressure. Yeah. It goes from, like, your mouth to your body. You're, you're focusing yeah. on squeezing that hand instead okay. of the pressure in your mouth or the discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really good advice, buddy. Love that. Do you have anything else? No. So do you have anything else that you want to say to cleft affected kids? Maybe not advice, but do you have anything else um, you want them to know? It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like surgeries and stuff, you mean? Yeah. Or what hurts? Yeah, just the surgeries. Yeah. Does it feel fair? No. Well, Jack, Jax, you can't just get up and walk out of a podcast. Where are you going? I'm going to the <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I guess we're taking a quick little break. So we'll be back in just a second. Hello. Oh, hey, hey Stitch. Hal. What you doing here? Our Highland and family. Family and Minnesota, but the good stuff behind or forgotten. Oh, that's really sweet, Stitch. Also, that's just cute and fluffy. Well, you are cute and fluffy. Yes. Yes. Very cute. Well. I have four arms. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have four arms. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Mr. We've seen those movies. Yeah. All right. Well, you better go back where you came from, okay? Can you say bye? Bye. Uh, bye. Well, that was interesting. A little visitor from outer space. What I miss. Okay. <laughs> We're going to push pause real quick. We'll be right back after this break. All right. Are you ready for our last section? We're going to do yes. some what if questions. You ready? Uh, yeah. Okay. If you can have a podcast, what kind of podcast would it be? I think it would be about actors. I could like talk to actors and see like what their life is about, uh-huh. what happened throughout their life. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I think that would be a good thing. Yeah. That'd be cool. 
Chris Hemsworth. Uh-huh. All right. Speaking of those kind of guys, if you could be in a Marvel movie, which one oh. would you want to be in? I want to say either Spider-Man or Iron Fist. Okay. You know, I have an Iron Fist movie yet. No, yeah. So that'd be cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which Spider-Man movie? No Way Home? No. Homecoming? Spider-Verse. Yes. Oh, Spider-Verse with Miles. Probably be like the Peter B. Parker. Nice. Love that. Are you excited about the new one coming out? Yes, I am. The second one was... That's only part one, though. Totally. Also... All right. Oh, go ahead. There's a... I'm guessing not, not necessarily the bad guy, but... Well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet, but... Is this relevant? <laughs> Yes! It's about the new one! Okay. It has a Spider-Man 2099. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means. Spider-Man from the year 2099. Oh, interesting. Spider-Man 2099. That's what he's called. Okay. Spider-Man 2099. All right. Now you're being rude. All right. If one of your Lego sets... Oh, I like this one. (laughs) ...could come to life... Oh. ...which Lego set would you want... Oh, gosh. I know it had to be something from Marvel. Oh, maybe like that giant Daily Bugle one with like mm-hmm. multiple Spider-Man. It's got Spider-Ham in it. We're obviously on a Spider-Man kick, so the Daily Bugle. Yes. Okay. Final answer? Yeah. I, I love it. All right. Last one. Are you ready? Keep it coming. Come on. If you got sorted... Into a Hogwarts house. Oh, yes. Which house would you get sorted into? I don't know. I'm probably a Griffin pub. The Griffin, that's not a- <laughs> <laughs> It is. That's a Griffin house. That's not one of the four houses. They should make one. Oh. They should make a mix of like. Slitherclaw or Slitherclaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. Why Griffin Puff? Support your answer. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm brave. Uh huh. Hufflepuffs are. What are Hufflepuffs? I don't know. I'm just gonna tell you. Who's a Hufflepuff in the movies? Luna? Yeah. She no, she's a Ravenclaw. Oh, who's a Hufflepuff? I don't know. So there aren't any famous. I want to say Neville, but he's not even Neville. I don't know. Maybe Sirius was in Purple Puff. We don't know yet. He was not. Maybe, maybe Dumbledore. Dumbledore is not a Hup. He's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> anyway, I think you're a Gryffindor. Okay. <clears throat> I did a test on one of the women. Did you? I got Hufflepuff. I don't know what. Hufflepuff. I don't even know what they stand for. Neither do I. That's uh, I just got Hufflepuff. Yeah. Raven culture wise. Uh-huh. Perfect or she's brave. Uh-huh. So they're evil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then Hufflepuff is blank. I don't know. Like kind. Which? Maybe. Kind. Maybe. Yeah. Silly. Hufflepuffs are silly. Quirky, quirky. <laughs> you are them. Okay. 
Are we done? Because I, I, I'm just getting warmed up. Come on now. <laughs> I'm just getting warmed up. Well, let's circle back and see if we can okay. get the advice part. Okay. Let's finish that. All right. So do you have any, do you have any other words of wisdom for cleft kids that you want to share? Like I said, stay calm. Have that comfort item. If you don't have a comfort item or don't want to get one, redirect the pain through a parent's hand or maybe a sibling or something. Mm -hmm. And then roll with it. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. Just roll with it. Because you can't change it? You no, you can't. Make the best you can't of it. change it. Just roll with it. Love it. Well, thanks for being on the podcast today. If love throws a stone at you, catch it like a football. <laughs> <laughs> Words of wisdom, folks. Touchdown. Of Touchdown is the end of your life. When it throws a stone at you, catch it like a football. Touchdown it. <laughs> or punt it or whatever. Or punch. I said punch. Oh, punch. <laughs> All right, let's get off the rails. No, it's not. Let's wrap it up. Okay. I love you. Adios, muchachos. Bye. You know, we have met some really amazing people because of Jackson's Cleft. And I will tell you that kids that are cleft affected do have an amazing ability to roll with it. They've had so much change in their young lives and they're not always flexible but they have this very real ability to be resilient to be strong they have uncanny levels of pain tolerance my kid can have double ear infections and never complain about it because he's so used to ear infections or he's so used to gum in braces like you heard issues or he's so used to recovery pain now that day-to-day -day pain his tolerance is higher it's been our pleasure to let you into a little bit of our story really extremely grateful to Arkansas Children's Hospital. They have held our hands through this whole process. Those early days when we were completely lost and in probably shock as well as survival mode, they were just so gracious and loving and supportive that I can't imagine our lives without some of those people now. And they have done a fantastic job with Jackson's mouth and his lip. And every step of the way, we just rely on them to know what's coming and to do what is best for our kiddos. And they love, they love these kiddos. They are so proud of each one of them. And they've become like family members. And so just want to express again, our love of Arkansas Children's Hospital. I normally don't do this, but I am going to put links in the show notes. If you'd like to give to Arkansas Children's Hospital, Jackson has a personal fundraising page as part of being an ambassador. So if you feel like you want to give and support Jax, we would love for you to do that. And you can click the link in the show notes and give directly to Jackson's 
personal ambassador fundraising page. They have a, a yearly goal and Jax has a yearly goal as well. So we'd love for you to join in on that if you feel led to. The statistics do show that one in 700 kids is born with some version of a cleft affected lip or palate. Those numbers seem to change from the United States versus third world countries because in the United States, it's more likely to be a hereditary gene that causes the cleft. Whereas in third world countries, it's oftentimes environmental issues or nutritional issues that cause a child to be born with a cleft lip or palate. But no matter the reason, kids that are born with cleft lip and palates are extraordinary and beautiful and have such stories of strength and resilience to share. I love following several older cleft affected people on Instagram and it's just inspiring to watch them not let it hold them back. Just like Jack said that it's not, it's not going to keep him from being who he wants to be. And I absolutely am so inspired by him and by these other people that I love to follow that are just making beautiful things with their lives and their lip, their scar, their noses, and all of their struggles along the way are just beautiful pieces in the kaleidoscope of their lives. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk more next week.